0: It's Let's ride time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. it's
1: time for Dodger Baseball.
2: What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are a part of the fan-sided podcast network. Welcome to the month of February, which means we got pitchers and catchers reporting and we got spring training in just a couple weeks. World baseball classic rosters will be announced in a week from now. So a lot of exciting stuff going on in the baseball world. Finally, Kevin Klein here. Hope you guys are doing well out there. We're here to bring you another episode of some Dodgers and baseball content, along with some other shenanigans. So let's get started. The Dodgers have announced their list of spring training invites, and it's it's quite a doozy. A lot of familiar names and some names I didn't expect Uh, for pitchers, Matt and which we'll get to him in a minute. Then we talked about Dylan Covey, Tyler Sayer, Robbie Erlin, who I think was on the Dodgers last year, who wasn't any good. Brian Hudson, never heard of him. James Jones, sounds like a basketball player. A Landon
3: by the way, James Jones.
2: Wow. There you go. Landon Knack, one of the top Dodgers prospects. Adam Kolarik, making his Dodgers return. Bobby Miller, a lot of buzz around him. Friend of the show, Nick Nastrini, making his spring training debut. Journeyman and DFA'd a lot by the Dodgers, Jake Reed. The guy that I feel like has been on the spring training roster the last three years, Nick Robertson, Taylor Scott, never heard of him. Gavin Stone, friend of the show, Wander Suero, big time Nationals reliever from a few years ago, and Jordan Yamamoto. So David Rosenthal, those are the pitchers. Any names stand out to you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of solid flyers on this roster. Uh, The one that jumps out to me is Dylan Covey, because I faced him in high school quite a bit. Was actually on his MLB Network highlight reel when he got drafted, either ninth or twelfth overall by the Brewers. So I was striking out on his MLB Network uh, <laughs> highlight reel. So that obviously jumps out to me. That's an honor. Um, Adam Kolarek. Not really sure if he can stick with the three batter minimum rule, but you know you can never have enough lefty relievers. Uh, but the main ones are Stone and Miller. Obviously, uh, I think everybody's excited to see those two guys pitch. Uh, We saw a little bit from Miller last year. Uh, Obviously, everybody remembers him striking out Shohei Otani, but now another year has passed, and they're both probably ready to contribute to the big league club now if the opportunity presented itself. So I think everybody, including myself, is looking forward to those two guys. Uh, Yamamoto also intrigues me. Uh, Interested to see what he can do in the the spring training uh, and if there's a role for him on this team. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited
2: to see what Tyler... Seer, sire I have to learn how to pronounce it last week I compared him to the next Tommy Canely because they have a very similar profile and I think because he has a little bit of major league work he could be a reliever that makes the big league roster at some point this upcoming season and then they just added him a few days ago but Matt and true veteran spent last season over in Asia Uh, seen a little bit of him in the NOS so curious to see curious to see how he rebounds Uh, (laughs) Jake Reiner any other thoughts.
0: Andrees going all over the continent. Um, <laughs> just,
3: just the continent, just the whole <laughs> continent. <laughs>
0: um, I, I've mentioned it before, but uh, Yamamoto is the guy that I really like. I think uh, we've seen him pitch for the Marlins. He's got really nasty stuff. And at the time when he was first coming up, it was sort of like I, I felt like everyone was kind of talking about him being like, you know, the next big thing or, you know, top of the rotation starter. So, I don't know. Get him in the prior lab. See what happens. I mean, he's got good stuff. I don't know what happened in Miami, but you know, I I I believe in him. And and if they can get him right, I mean, he's a definite candidate to be a, a Tyler Anderson pitcher of the year award for the Dodgers. Other than that, um, you know, I think Landon Knack has a lot to prove, and I love uh, you know, Bobby Miller uh is it's going to be another awesome spring training to watch him.
2: Position players. Three catchers, Hunter, Fiducia, David Fritis, Pat, Patrick, Mazika, Infielders, Devin Man, Luke Williams coming back. He was on the Dodgers 40-man roster to kick off the offseason, but then he got DFA'd, but he's back. Drew Evans, Yusniel Diaz. That's a name I want to come back to in a second. Steven Duggar, Jason Hayward, Ryan Ward, and Bradley Zimmer. So Diaz is interesting because this was the key trade, chip, key trade chip to land Manny Machado at the trade deadline in 2018. I believe he was a futures all-star, had like one or two home runs in that game, was supposed to be the next big outfield outfielder like a Jordan Alvarez, and then his career just never took off in Baltimore, and they ended up letting him go. And it looks like the Dodgers have just signed him maybe a day or two to a spring training invite. And I mean, he's still relatively, really young. He was born in 1996. So what is that? 27, turning 27 this year. So it's still got something to prove. So Jason Hayward, obviously another guy that came to the Dodgers early in this offseason, just had a big interview with him, I believe on the LA Times as well. But those are the two that I think for position player invites jump out to me.
0: Yeah, Hayward definitely. Um, I read that he received multiple calls from the Dodgers this offseason to come and join. And I think one of the, his big uh, sticking points was, is you know, can he make a major league roster? You know, does he have, you know, the opportunity to do that? And they must have convinced him of that because he decided to join the Dodgers. And I think it would be a really great he'd be a really great addition to the Dodgers bench, not only for depth, and, and for for his outfield uh, play, but but his, his veteran leadership, um, you know, he was a guy that was really instrumental in that Cubs 2016 World Series run. And he, you know, knows knows how to play the game. He knows how to win. And I, I think I'm hoping that he has a really great spring training, because if he does, then then he'd be a lock to make the the major league roster.
3: Yeah, I think obviously Hayward is the name that jumps out there. Uh, Duggar and Zimmer also have a chance to make the roster. Uh, both have extensive major league experience and and relative success uh, with their respective teams. But Hayward, Hayward is the guy I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, my expectations are not very high, but you go back to what he was with Atlanta. And that's the guy that's a perennial all-star. So what is, how old is he? How old is Hayward? He was born in 1989. So he's, you know, he's, he's not a young buck anymore, but I still think he's got some in the tank. And and if anyone can turn someone's career around, it's the Dodgers organization. I mean, you've seen it with Trace Thompson. You saw it with Matt Kemp when he came back. Uh, and I think you could see it with, with Hayward here. I'm again, I'm not expecting him to start, uh, but I think there's a, there's a, a real chance for him to earn a role for sure.
0: You know, it's it it is kind of interesting when you think about it because there is no lock right now as a, as for for starting center field. Nope. so that's that's a job that's wide open right now. So that's that's going to be fun. And I think overall, this is going to be one of the most highly anticipated spring trainings we've had in a while because of not only all the openings on the roster, but also just all the young guys competing for spots. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's, there's going to be a lot of competition and the play will be elevated and it won't just be kind of your run of the mill, boring spring training game. I feel like fans that are really invested in this team and really want to watch it. Like, like we are, are going to be really watching every one of these players because there are a lot of openings and a lot of big races that are going to happen
2: Yep. Spring training. I'll be there March 9th through the 13th. So I'm going to get at least four games of spring training in. So looking forward to that. Dodgers announced their coaching roster for the upcoming season. No changes. One switcheroo. Bob Guerin is no longer the bench coach, which was kind of surprising. And I feel like has been kind of low key. He's now going to be the MLB field coordinator, whatever really that means. And Danny Lehman, who was I believe in that position the last few years kind of worked his way up from the bottom is now the Dodgers new bench coach. And he's pretty young. He's only 37. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he's the guy in the dugout with like the long Brown stringy hair. So that's your daughter's new bench coach.
0: Was he like, what he was like a, um, like an in-game strategist or something like, or game plan or something, right? That That was was, weird. Yeah. This is a, a peculiar move. I, I guess, um, I don't it's really know be, what...
3: it's gotta be by choice from Garen. I mean, there's no way this is a demote. Why would they demote? I think him? Bob Garen's probably retiring in a year or two. I that's and what I'm is, thinking too. They're He's... just
2: they're grooming Lehman to be the next coach. Don't know what this really means yet, but I guess that's one of those things you have to wait to see play out this season. Yeah. Oh, let's get to some fan questions. We've got some good ones here. So first up on deck. Gorilla golf, 1987. What would the Dodgers have to give up for a mega deal to land Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas? So we're back to this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, look, I, I don't think they need Willie Adamas anymore. I think the Miguel Rojas trade is what they're going to rock with in terms of the shortstop position. Lux and, and Rojas, one of them is going to be the the primary shortstop or neither of them will be and they'll, they'll rotate, but the Brewers have already said they're not really looking to move Burns, but if we're going to play the hypothetical, it's absolutely going to take at least one of Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone, and then I think you're going to you're going to need to give at least two more mid tier prospects. And what that looks like, I don't know. I mean, the Dodgers have the number one ranked farm system according to Keith Law, so they have some some room to maneuver in terms of a trade. But I don't think a Burns trade will materialize.
0: Also, if I'm the Brewers, I'm not giving up Burns. I'm not giving up any of those guys. That NL Central is wide open. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's really, you know, no clear favorite there. Maybe the Cardinals at the edge, but... I, I think, you know, with the moves that the Cubs have made, they're kind of a little more interesting than they were last year, but still kind of, you know, not proven They're They, they have, it, it looks better on paper. So we'll see how that plays out. The pirates aren't going to be a factor. The reds aren't going to be a factor. So it's really the Cubs Cardinals and brewers. And so when you've got just, you know, two other teams to really compete with, why would you give up a big horse like Corbin Burns? To me, that rotation that they have right now in Milwaukee is, good. Is- good as any rotation in the in the National League so I I don't see why they would they would want to give them up now if they do make it you know to the middle of the season for you know during the for the trade deadline and they're reassessing where they are and then if they're not performing or if they have too many injuries they're they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel and they don't really see that their team can make a really deep playoff run then maybe you see that conversation revisited but I can't see the Brewers wanting to move any of those guys right now
3: no, and I don't even think it's a three-horse race. I think it's a two-horse race. I think the Cubs have one of the one of the most underwhelming mid-tier rosters I've ever seen. Uh, they made some additions, but I, I think that is a 500 team at best. Uh, I think it's the Cardinals and the Brewers, honestly, going at it. Uh, can you imagine? Can we just talk one second about the the Cardinals trade they made for Marcelo Ozuna, in which they gave up Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen? Can you imagine that team with those two guys? Let alone. Both. How about one of them?
0: That that sounds like an AJ Preller trade.
3: Seriously, I mean that is that does not get enough hate. And as like the primary hater on this podcast, <laughs> I, I think. It needs, well, I more think they hate. made
2: up for it when they got Goldschmidt and Arenado for absolutely nothing. So they kind
3: of redeemed themselves. Uh, I don't know if you can ever really redeem yourself for that.
0: Because they're still needing, they're still needing starting pitching. Imagine they if needed they had,
3: started pitching for years.
0: Imagine if they had Alcantara and Gallon. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: they'd probably have to give one of those up to get one of those two guys anyway. So at the end of the day, it all balances itself out. I'm sure the Cardinals regret giving up both those guys. It was a bad trade, but that's like five years ago. So we can move past that. Well, and I don't think the, I don't think the brewers are going to be any good this season. Like their offseason was incredibly underwhelming. I don't think they added anybody of substance and Christian Yelich has become one of the worst contracts in major league baseball. So kind of like what Jake was alluding to, if, uh, the brewers are under 500 around the trade deadline. They might sell high on what is now MLB's number one pitcher in Corbin Burns and get kind of a field day in prospects, because this is one thing the brewers love to do is try to spend as little money as possible. So, yep. so that answers that question. Uh, save this one for Jake in a couple minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, dodge 16 underscore 12 am i wrong for thinking we need manny machado next offseason over shohei otani i think so and i'll say i'll say why wait,
0: the wait the question is is he wrong for wanting machado over otani that's the yes. question okay
2: i would say so because first of all i don't think the Dodgers need a third baseman unless miguel vargas who i think will eventually become the Dodgers' every day First third baseman is a bust. I think I'm really excited to see what Vargas does. Sounds like he's going to be playing a lot of second this upcoming season. But we already did this song and dance with Manny Machado. And to be honest, he was incredibly underwhelming. His brief tenure with the Dodgers. I don't think I want to pay him another 300 million because that's you're going to you're
0: going to piss off a lot of people with that comment. People love that 2018 team. Super weird. It is weird. It, It
2: was a good team, but. Let's not act like Manny Machado was that impressive with the Dodgers. And let me backtrack that. He's not going to get 300 million because that's what he's making right now. He'll probably get 330 million for 10 years because he's still really young. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He is arguably the best third baseman in baseball. I guess he could theoretically come over to the Dodgers and play shortstop. But Shohei Otani is everything that the Dodgers need. He gives you pitching and he's one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball. And I think I'm just I'm good with Machado. He's not clutch, in my
0: opinion. I think if you don't get Otani, then you think about uh, Machado. You know, I don't I think you I think the Dodgers are primed to go after Shohei Otani and they should do everything they can to get him. And if they can't get him, then you just then you kind of reassess and figure out who else you, you'd want to go for. But I agree with Kevin. Otani is the prize possession, and he would be probably the biggest star. Well, not the biggest star in all of sports. Let's not go there. But I think he would elevate himself to being more of a more of a star than than anybody else in Major League Baseball. And it would elevate Major League Baseball because you put Otani in a franchise like the Dodgers and he rises to the occasion and is the guy that he's been the last couple of years. That's that's going to be huge for baseball because for years they've said or tried to elevate Mike Trout to being the face of baseball and he's just not that guy and also he's just not not that guy on that organization he's been you know in Anaheim forever and he they've literally done nothing they've gone to one playoffs that's it so and and it's not like you know Mike Trout is not your He's, he's not, not even
2: per- durable anymore. he he's, he's, he gets hurt every season now. Well, that's true,
0: but he's also not like a personable guy. You know, yeah. he's just a, he's just a, he's I'm going to play base. I'm going to play baseball at the highest level and I'm not going to really do much else than that. So I think Otani would, would, would absolutely not only elevate the Dodgers, but elevate major league baseball.
3: All right, so I don't think the guy this this question is who's ever asking this is necessarily wrong because Manny Machado is is a phenomenal baseball player. I just don't think the Dodgers are gonna do that song and dance again. One, I don't think the Padres let him go. I think they have to decide between uh uh Soto and uh who am I missing? Well it's we Tatis Tatis, Soto and Machado. Yeah, so it's basically Soto or Machado and I, I think they're gonna choose Machado, honestly. I really do. Um He's just been the face of that franchise since they've been revamped. I think the uh, Mets are going to I think the Mets are going to
2: overpay for Machado to be honest. If they gave Correa that offer, why not would they go to him in a year?
0: Well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, Juan Soto was was pretty underwhelming after the after he got traded to the Padres. Yes. He didn't really contribute much. So this is his first full season in San Diego. This is his audition, you know. Yep. So depending on what happens this year with this year with Soto, then they're going to have a real discussion on their hands um, with paying either Machado or Soto. But if Soto kind of does what he did the second half of 2022 in all of 2023, then that decision's kind of easy.
3: So I agree with both of you. They, the Dodgers need to go after Otani. It, it just makes so much sense. He's the star. He's the star of baseball. And, uh, We got Vargas, Machado, Kevin's probably right, probably going to be another $300 million contract. Uh, Basically the same thing he signed, but now he's 30 and not 26 or 27. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense. The Incline Daughters is presented by TickPick. If you
2: haven't downloaded the app already, then what the hell are you waiting for? Download the TickPick app today. Save $10 instantly off your first purchase of $49 or more by using the promo code INCLINE. TickPick is the most competitive ticket website out there in terms of offering you the best prices. No service fees at checkout. So you see the price. That's what you're paying. Great offerings to various concerts throughout the nation. Your favorite sporting team and sporting event? It's out there, too. Over at TickPick, download the app, save some money today. Following up on that from Micah Claiborne with the news of Artie Moreno not selling the Angels. Does this play a factor at all in Otani possibly being moved at the trade deadline?
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Uh, if the
0: Angels suck. Right, right. And and, and the Angels had a fairly decent offseason, you know, not, you know, they didn't, you know, light the world on fire, but. They made some really good moves, and I think they're really going to try and see what kind of team they have. But like Kevin said, if they stink, if they if they do exactly what they did last season, which it was crazy, they started out really hot and then they just absolutely tanked. If that happens again, then I you know anything anything's on the table. It's funny I have a a friend of mine that I work with at um, at CBS. And he's a huge Angels fan. And he and I asked him like how he felt about Artie Moreno coming back. And he goes, you know, when I found out that Artie Moreno was leaving, was was putting the team up for sale, I popped a bottle of champagne. I was so excited. And now and now I'm I'm more depressed than ever, knowing that he's going to stick around. And I can't imagine that Shohei Otani likes that at all. I mean, he's just been mi- kind of miserable and kind of indicating that. He doesn't even want to be there anymore. So you keep the same regime in place. He, you know, and the angels are bad. It may force their hand.
3: I think a, a sale and ownership would have almost guaranteed that he stays. Because uh, wh- what owner in their right mind, new owner who just purchased a team, is going to let that dude walk. But Artie Moreno is is stupid enough and egotistical enough to just let it happen. Because he thinks he's the be-all, end-all. He's, he's, he said he was going to sell it, and he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep this. This is mine. And he's always been about himself. He's never really put a, a, a good product on the field. He's more so lucked out that, one, they somehow were able to draft Mike Trout and 23 other teams, 22 other teams passed on him. And, two, that Shohei Ohtani, Ohtani chose the Angels. That's it. What else has that guy done? Nothing,
0: right? And in, in all, the
3: last twenty years, at least, right?
0: And when you when you look at um, what the Angels' options are, right? If they get the indication that Otani does not want to stay in Anaheim and right. is is disgusted with this, then the Angels kind of have to trade him because but that's other, the
3: thing. I don't th- I don't even think they will. He's too you, stuck up enough to just be like, no, no, what? We're not going to trade him. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out. Blah blah blah. He's stupid enough to let that go and get no return for him.
0: Exactly. And then you don't get anything
3: for him. Yep.
2: That'd be pretty bold if that's Artie's mentality, but it wouldn't surprise me. It's not bold.
3: It's stupid. Let's not call him bold. He's just an idiot.
2: This is the same guy that didn't want Andy Page, Ross Stripling, and Jock Peterson for literally a bench player and (laughs) Luis Renifo. Because he got got impatient. Dean Spano's in... Artie Moreno are like the same person, in my opinion. <laughs> Different sport, like spot the difference. But yeah. James Dolan, Dan Snyder. But yep. yeah, I think if I think if the Angels fall off, you're going to hear a lot of Shohei Otani trade rumors. And if that's the case, then you're going to probably hear a lot of Dodgers are interested rumors, and they might have to make a very difficult decision in which top prospects they're willing to give up to make this deal happen because you want to cut the front of the line and make sure no other team gets him, and then signs him to an extension the next day because that very well is the alternative if
3: the Dodgers don't let it happen. Yes, but if you trade for him, you better trade for him knowing you're going to sign him. Like, you need assurances from his camp that this is where he wants to be, and when we give you $500 million, you're going to take it. Otherwise, (laughs) otherwise, you can't trade for him. You just can't. You're not going to give up everything in your farm system for half a season, less than half a season. You need full yeah. assurances from Mr. Otani's camp that when that ink is presented to you with $500 million, he's going to put his hand to the paper and sign it.
2: Yeah. Well, we, we know which team it's going to be anyway. It's going to be the Dodgers. It's going to be the Mets. It could be the Yankees, the Padres. Nice. I wouldn't the, sleep on the Giants the, either. Yeah, the Giants, the Padres, if they have any assets left, it's all those teams, maybe Seattle. How can the
3: Padres be involved in this? <laughs>
2: they would I don't to. get it.
3: How can the Mets be? It's like it's crazy. I get
2: why the Mets can't. The Mets have the number one prospect in baseball, I think, or top three, right? No, no. I'm not saying.
0: I'm not saying to trade for him. I'm okay. saying because
3: Steve Cohen is so much more wealthy than every other owner. Right. It's a different level of wealth. There's a
0: different ballgame.
3: Billionaires, and then there's Steve Cohen. So I get the Mets, but yeah, when you create how can a lot, Padres do this
0: when you create a tax penalty for one person that you know they have. Just and he amounts. just
3: blows through it and says, fuck you, to it.
0: Right.
2: Eric 42 underscore. If you had to step in the box and face any pitcher, past or present, who would it be? And how many at-bats do you think it would take to get a hit?
0: If I could face any pitcher, past or present, who would I pick? Um. Okay, I've got one.
2: All right, then you can just say it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Randy Johnson. Mm. Just to say, just to say that I did it because. Best lefty ever. Yeah. 6'10", throwing that nasty back foot slider or that, you know, 98, 99 mile an hour fastball. Um, It would take me... Randy Johnson's arm would fall off before I got a hit. I don't think it's ever (laughs) happening. (laughs) I'll be lucky to get a piece of it Uh, or at least maybe try and bunt, but I think I'd be too scared to bunt. Um, But yeah, I'd go with Randy Johnson just because uh, it would just be epic.
3: I'm going to go with Sandy Koufax. um, One of my favorite athletes of all time, even though obviously I didn't get to see him pitch, but I think that'd just be super fucking cool. Uh he's like arguably yeah. the left best left-handed pitcher of all time, maybe with Randy Johnson. Uh I think it would take me People are going to laugh at this, but I think 120 at-bats I could get a hit. 120. 120. What? I need I I said I said 20 because the first 20 at-bats is going to be a complete shit show. But if I can do it over and over again, I can sync up the timing and maybe get lucky.
0: Wait, are you um, are you a left-handed hitter? Yes. Okay. But that's going to be tough.
3: I would. It would have to be on the fastball. The I, the curveball, I have no chance.
0: <laughs> I don't think you get to choose.
3: <laughs> well, I'm saying it would for me to get a hit, it would have to be off a of fastball because I'm right. not touching his curveball. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of great
2: pitchers, so. Someone that I would never get a hit off of is Greg Maddox, but I would love to see just the accuracy, like in the front movement. of my face. Yes, I think a pitcher that I could get a hit off of, and it'd probably take me twenty five at bat or yeah, twenty five attempts. Carlos Frias, bring it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know who I could probably get a hit off? Like someone like Mark Hendrickson.
3: Okay, I got a, I got a, a follow up question. Who's the pitcher you think you could get a hit off the quickest in the least amount of at bats?
0: Carlos
2: Frias. <laughs> probably the worst Dodgers pitcher I ever watched. Starting
0: pitcher. I um, should you say. Probably like Jamie Moyer on his last year.
3: Oh, Jamie Jamie Moyer would carve you up, dude. He was a, on he was his a last- surgeon.
0: I know, but on his was he that was he was he that way on his yes, last? He was
3: throwing seven different kind of breaking balls. You're not going to be overwhelmed by the speed, but you're not touching any of that.
0: All right, well then I'm going with Mark Hendrickson, and that's my final answer.
3: <laughs> so random,
0: <laughs> big soft tossing lefty.
3: I'm going with Chris Hatcher. Give me three at bats,
0: bro. You're not getting a hit off Chris Hatcher. <laughs> that guy's going to blow you away.
3: No, no, he's not. <laughs> he blew. You know what he will blow is the game, though.
0: Yeah, but he's striking you out.
3: Nope. okay, five at bats. <laughs>
0: okay, safety
2: stars. What jersey? What would be your jersey number if you played for the Dodgers?
0: Easy, fifteen. Why? Sean Green. Sean Green is my favorite player, my favorite Dodger, favorite player of all time. It's fifteen, and that's my final answer. Always
2: twenty-five. People should know that by now.
3: Uh, I'll go with thirteen. All, All right. right. That in high school, and I don't believe in luck, bad luck. So I don't believe in. Luck. All right, Jake,
2: this one's for you. Great. <laughs> yes, dude. This is this is what B- I've been waiting for. Bv yeah. underscore America. How does Jake feel being public
3: enemy number one within the cycling community?
0: Um, it you know sometimes you can't choose the you path. You need to lay path. out the
3: foundation first in case somebody missed this.
0: Right. I will. I was going to say, sometimes you can't choose the path. The path chooses you. (laughs) Um, so basically I tweeted, uh, you know, a video of, uh, bicyclists on ocean Avenue the other day, they were, uh, you can see them in front kind of blocking the roadway going really, really slow in a, in a large clump and, in the video you can also see on the right hand side a uh, bike lane so they weren't using the bike lane but what i was explained later is that <laughs> this is you know a legal thing and i wasn't i wasn't questioning whether it was legal or not i just thought it was irritating and so i decided to post this 8 second video with the caption um this is unacceptable And um, for those people that know me, everyone that knows me kind of knows my sense of humor, knows that I'm dry and I have kind of a snark to me. So that's kind of what what I was going for. But holy shit, it! Uh, it took off like I'd never seen anything take off before in my life, and a lot of people were kind of, you know, kind of got the joke and were kind of laughing along and saying, you know, yes, it 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 ignited my road rage, and you know, people were 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 kind of, and I that's kind of what I thought was going to happen was that it was going to be some sort of like fun discussion, but then the um the the biking social media community. <laughs> Caught wind of it, and boy, they ran with it. Or they should they, excuse me. They rode with it. Um, they they just absolutely. I've I've never gotten this much hate in my entire life, and it was just unbelievable. The just the comments and just the vitriol, just so nasty and just over the top, and all of the accusations that were flung at me are just absolutely insane. But I will say this. I never intended to hurt anyone's feelings, (laughs) harass anyone, and I certainly didn't incite any type of violence. So I won't be taking any responsibility for that because honestly, I posted that uh, what I posted wasn't that serious. And honestly, it's just an insane jump to make. Um, I don't hate bicyclists. Uh, just for the record, I don't have anything against them except for when they're in front of my car impeding my, you know impeding my drive. I mean it it really isn't that serious. I mean guess it's annoying whatever I didn't say it was illegal, but that was basically all I was trying to say um that's it and I I didn't realize I I did not realize the fury. Of the biking community on social media, and I, I'm definitely going to think twice before I post anything like that again. And but, but I, what I mean by th- think twice is never again. I will never <laughs> do that. So I guess, I guess the barrage of hate that I received worked. So you, you win, I guess. Um, the one thing that I will take responsibility for is posting the tweet. That's literally it. Um, I'm not going to subscribe to all of the other accusations and I'm not going to list them. You can, you can find it. You can go down a rabbit hole and see all of them and how crazy this is. Um, but that's the only thing that I'll take responsibility for is posting the tweet. But other than that, I mean, the thing grew into something that was ugly, nasty and downright just absolutely insane. So that's all I have to say. I'm sorry if I offended you but this 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 is a, so far beyond the pale that i ever would have expected and it it makes makes still doesn't make any sense to me anyway that's all i have owned. to say about
1: that
3: that's all i have to say you got owned <laughs> they got on your head i'd like to comment please okay i hate cyclists i hate them i don't think anything you did was wrong i the fact that these people are are taking this so seriously just proves how much they suck it's an unserious community. They are completely unhinged, unserious human beings who need to get out of the road. They think they own the road. Now, I have a list of the six most definitive worst types of people ever, and they are on it. Not just them, the the eye on the road cyclist in the full cyclist uniform. And that's what this community is. They they think they're above everybody and that we should all cater to them. No. Get the hell out of the road. If you watch the video Jake posted, anyone with a brain would be like, this is ridiculous. Now you're not gonna run them over. I'm not advocating running them over. I'm advocating And neither was and neither was I and neither was I. You posted a normal video and these insane, lunatic, loony bin, insane asylum cyclists just took it to a new level. So just my message to the cycling community is shut up just shut up we don't care we don't care you're insane that's what i have to say kevin do you have any thoughts no
2: but i would like to now list my 10 worst definitive bands that i promised the people <laughs> so,
0: jesus okay so
2: let me get Ke- started Kev- kevin
0: is the king of segways
2: <laughs> number 10 this was a tough one it came down to two but i have to go with ajr why never heard of them why are they as popular as they are no Who talent are they? they're ajr just some guides with uncreative music number nine the people single-handedly responsible for ending warp tour 303 no creative bones in their never body at all i've heard of trash them. trash pop music number eight these guys have probably been hanging out with kanye and Kyrie irving way too much but I never found them that good to begin with. So number eight belongs to Pantera, completely overrated. Number seven, the newest band on this list, the Italian, the Italian group that won that festival, I forget what it's called out in Europe. Monoskin. Way too overplayed. One of the main reasons Monoskin is on this list, besides the fact that they're terrible, is that I Wanna Be Your Slave is one of the most insulting songs that I've ever heard in my entire lifetime. So I don't know why the radios are really pushing this band. Cool. They're Italian. That it does not make them a good band. Good music whatsoever. All right. Now let me get to the I'm 0 for 4 on knowing who these people are. <laughs> Clearly you don't listen to bands. All right. Let me get into the <laughs> Let me get into the meat now. Those were that was the Potatoes. Number 6. Before there was Tinder, there was Hinder. If you've heard of the song Lips of an Angel, one of the biggest pieces of trash ever. These guys have the most simplistic guitar riffs you, that you'll ever hear. And they have a vocalist who is a very extreme, extremely whiny bitch. Hinder is awful. <laughs> I think they've disappeared. They're like the wannabe of an, another band that I'm going to get to in a second who ranks number two. But number five, BTS. Like, why are they a thing? There is, that is the no Korean pop thing? Yes. Okay. There is nothing good about BTS whatsoever. In Sync, Backstreet Boys—that was talent. BTS is legit awful. Number you say four, that on
3: Twitter, you're gonna get railed worse than. Jake oh, I, did.
2: I'm posting this list. <laughs> you're gonna number, get lit up. Number four, Mumford and Sons—they are like Dave Matthews Band, except they suck and they have a banjo. But Mumford okay, Sons, I
0: I I have to say something here. <laughs> Mumford and Sons is great, and At I. What? I I they, they were when they burst on the scene they were original they were they were catchy they had they had interesting songs and interesting riffs I think Mumford and Sons was great now I don't know maybe what they turned into is probably not great it, anymore and from I from start
2: to now And I know
0: well you got you got Marcus <laughs> Mumford on the road doing solo stuff so yeah. I mean maybe that's not great but but the band you can't knock the band they're great Trash. Mumford and Sons is great Number
2: 3 throwback jet jet is the band that's saying that song are you going to be my girl which is oh, yeah, that that not sucks. a good song completely yeah. overplayed their only hit everything else that they've ever put out sucks like cold hard bitch they don't even make music anymore because they suck number two the band i was referring to a minute ago nickelback if anyone knows me you'll oh, know come that on. i hate nickelback the angels tried to play nickelback to get fired up and i think they had one hit in that game nickelback, nickelback's all right they lost. And lost. Yep, and the angels lost. Nickelback has not a good bone in their body when it comes to music. Nickelback has put out a lot of hits. I understand, like Rockstar. This is How You Remind Me, Far Away. But none of those songs are any good. I think Nickelback is mainstream at this point because people realize they suck and it's almost like a comedy. So I'm done. I, I hope I never have to hear another Nickelback song again very terrible and number one number one not that popular but kind of known in the alt rock community passion pit sounds like cats having sex and nails on a chalkboard but passion pit is the worst band of all time i like i liked
3: them in high school a little bit they had a couple good songs yeah sleepyhead one of the worst songs i've ever heard
0: (laughs) i really hate you for your mumford and son's take that's (laughs) awful
3: I don't that, think Passion Pit deserves to be the worst band. Ever.
0: No, it's definitely not the worst band ever. So that's my list. I have a question, Kevin. So, I just I want to know your your thinking, your thought process. Um what why why was Passion Pit worse than Nickelback? Because I feel like everybody thinks Nickelback's the worst.
2: That's a good question. Well, one and two is very strong to begin with, but the reason that I had to go with Nickelback over Passion Pit is because at least Nickelback's main big song, which I'm blanking at the moment. Photograph? No, that song is complete utter garbage. <laughs> that song sucks. I think it's. Well, isn't it, isn't that you... their main? No, I, I got it. Because if I, how you remind me, at least. That a little, okay dude it's a little catchy but yeah. if you listen to the instrumentals and the actual fundamentals of the song there is nothing good about it on the other hand passion pit which i've pretty much heard them from inception because i'm a big advocate and follower of the alt rock community the first time i heard sleepyhead my ears started bleeding and that rarely happens with musicians where they're that bad so like Nickelback is terrible. That's why they're two. But Passion Pit is like a gap ahead in terms of how bad they are. Like, they can't sing. They can't play instruments that I like. I don't like a single song from them. And so that
3: is the logic. Okay. So have you actually listened to BTS? Because I haven't. What What music is it? Well, K-pop, right? K- K-pop is... What does that sound like? What is
2: that? It's basically... <laughs> Think of like in sync backstreet boys, but really poppy, like you're bouncing around in a trampoline and everything's really colorful and a lot of high pitched singing. That's what BTS is. Is it in Korean? No, they sing in English for the most part. Like Dynamite, which is was played, I think, for a some type of Apple product commercial. And then they've been forced to be on
3: like every award show. I will say their fans are insane, certified insane, more insane than the cyclist community. Yeah,
0: Kevin, you're 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 gonna get some BTS people. Like, coming talk after about you.
3: a diehard fan base. It's like I've seen the Dodgers or like the Lakers post like that. These people are in the building and they have, have Dodgers jerseys on, and it's like the most engagement I've seen on a tweet ever in terms of like Dodgers. And It's like, yeah, where, who who are all these people? And like, why are they so obsessed with them? I mean, you can like whatever the hell you like. I've never even heard the music. I don't even, like. I, like I just said, I don't even know what the hell it is. But I'm ready. The fan base is is serious.
0: It is.
2: Well, if they go back and listen to this, Blackpink is good. So they have they have good music that represents their country. BTS is not one of those representatives. Okay. So that's the music list as promised. Any. Other things you guys wanted to cover or final thoughts before we close this baby out? Jake, you got anything? Yes,
0: I have a a final thought um, because it kind of supports my uh, thinking about this Dodgers team this year. And if you listened or saw this interview with Freddie Freeman, um, he talked to kind of all the local media, but I heard it on on AM570. He talked about... um, you know, getting ready for the season and the new additions of the team and and some of the guys that they lost. But one of the things that that I took away from it was he talked about how the the NL West is the Dodgers to lose. The, it, the, it is still theirs. They are the reigning NL West champs. They retook it last year after the Giants kind of flukily came in and 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 took it away from them in in twenty twenty one. So uh, once again. The Padres have everything to prove. And once again, they have had a decent off season, just like they had a decent trade deadline, you know, but it's, but it means nothing unless those players actually perform, you know, they got the big splash in one Soto, but he really didn't do much for them. So again, it's all about a wait and see with the Padres. And the way that Freddie was talking about the Dodgers in this team this year, it kind of got me fired up. Like he is, he really believes in all the moves that they made and really still believes in the core of this team. And once again, I, I feel like this is the place you want to be in. If you're a Dodgers fan, you, the, the target's always going to be on your back no matter what, but the spotlight's a little bit dimmer this season, given you know, how the landscape has kind of shifted during this off season, you know, with the Mets and the Padres and, and everything that all the other teams did, the Dodgers flew under the radar. And I think that's a great position to be in. And I think that the Dodgers are going to hold on to the NL West because I feel like the Padres have more to prove and the Dodgers have already proven it. And so that's where I stand on that. And I'm really happy that, that Freddie Freeman is kind of fired up about it too.
3: Yeah, I will say that it does take a lot of pressure off of them. You know, they've been the World Series favorites for half a decade now. Like this this year the the pressure is gonna be slightly less. I mean, the expectations are lower, and with that comes less pressure. They can just go out there and do what they do best, which is play baseball. So I do think it will give them an added edge as well. I don't know, I'm not ready to declare them to win that that they're gonna win the division, but I think they will surprise a lot of people. Freddie Freeman was one of the few Dodgers that showed up every
2: single day, including the postseason and he made no excuses like other Dodgers did saying like baseball is hard. Freddie keeps it real um but I don't I think going into this season, it's a clean slate and so I don't really buy that this is our division anymore, especially after what happened in the NLDS just a year ago. I think the Padres and Dodgers are equal favorites at this point and I wouldn't say one is better than the other. And yeah, you could say that it's great that the Dodgers aren't World Series favorites, but the moment all those teams get into the postseason, unless you're like a Phillies as a 6 seed that got hot at the end. If you're like the Dodgers year after year and you win the division, it doesn't matter if you won 111 games or you won 97 games. The same amount of pressure is still there in my opinion and once you get into October, it's always a clean script. And so long season ahead. So you can talk all you want in February and March. But once the games actually start to matter, it's going to be a whole t- completely different tone.
0: To me, the do- it's the Dodgers division until it isn't. That's how I feel about it.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the Dodgers knocked off the Giants two years ago. Giants won the division. The Padres won. The Padres lost the division last season, knocked off the Dodgers. So do, do winning divisions even matter at this point?
0: It's not a it's not a question of it mattering or not mattering. I think the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs regardless, but I'm saying that the NL West goes through LA. And if you want to win the NL West, you got to take us out. And yeah, the Dodgers have been a completely different team in the postseason versus the regular season. In the regular season, there's no there's no other franchise that's better than the Dodgers. So yeah. to me, it's it, it's up to the Padres to dismantle them.
3: All right, Which so my final thought is going back to the cyclists. So just real quick, <laughs> I really wish this happened to me. Like I'm I was legitimately jealous that this happened to Jake. So, I wish I it happened to you. I couldn't help myself. I I got involved. And there was this one account called Bike Lane Uprising who was taking it very seriously and, and was not happy with Jake, just, just to give a, a little insight, their bio is, we're making it easy to report cars and bike lanes and hold violators accountable. Report bike lane obstructions with our mobile app. So I thought, perfect, this is going to be fun. Message them, I have an urgent report to make about a car and a bike lane. What is the protocol here? They said, call 911. First of all, <laughs> that's insane. I'm supposed to call nine one one because there's a car in a bike lane? What is the (laughs) cop going to do? First of all, I'll get there way too late. Second of all, they're going to laugh in your face. So I said, obviously not being serious, it's gone now. I luckily got the license plate and wanted to be known to the public who the offender was. Can you help with that? And they said, have you submitted it to our database yet? Who was the offender? Now, this is where I had fun. I said, (laughs) I found them and put them under citizen's arrest. It turned out it was an ISIS member and the FBI has it handled now. Godspeed. And they said, whoa, exclamation point. These people are unserious. Not only did you believe me that that happened, two, you're like proud of me for doing that. If that was an ISIS member, that would be insane to go up to them and put them under citizen's arrest. Are you kidding me for going in a bike lane? These people have no sense of reality and should be shamed. So... I had to get involved, in, and I'm very jealous that happened to you, Jake.
0: Well, the the fact that you were, you know, I know you were bullshitting the whole time, but the fact that you appeared sincere at the outset, and their response was call nine one one when <laughs> yeah. you've already lost. You're already for what? What, 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 what is are you pur- going to tell them? What? But like, what is it what is their purpose
3: if they're just going to say
0: call nine one one? Exactly.
3: They're, they're- but also, can you imagine calling nine one one for that? Yeah. Like, that was a serious response from me. I
0: bet you people have.
3: I I just can't fathom that these people are among us.
0: Oh, yeah. That's all I got. They ride among us, baby.
3: That's all
2: I got. Somehow, I think you both are just trolling
3: each other and neither side realizes it. There's no, they are being serious. Like, I know they're serious. Like, there's no way they weren't serious.
0: They were See, serious. They were serious as, as enough to to tweet me about it. They they were dead serious. Yeah, well, exactly. Which well, you're is why a different they, story. they believed you, me
3: that you... I apprehend. I'm a hero in their eyes. I am a hero. They might build a statue of me for apprehending an ISIS member who was in the bike lane.
2: Yeah, I mean, what Jake did was like the most offensive thing I think that's happened to them all year. So <laughs> <laughs> the big difference between the two. Uh,
0: can you imagine if like, I, if I actually wanted to go on the attack and really like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's unbelievable.
3: This makes me want to post videos of bikers now. Be my guest. You probably should. You'll get the clout. I don't want clout. I just want them mad. I like when people are mad. You know, now You'll that I have clout,
0: clout. Now, now that I have clout, I don't want it anymore.
2: <laughs> you should post a video of yourself riding a bike. <laughs> I know, so
0: I know your, your, uh, your tweet uh, response to the tweet about me going to Dodgers fan fest was, was hilarious. <laughs> my, uh my, my sports producer at CBS liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the
2: show, everybody. I will be at Dodgers fan fest tomorrow for a couple hours. So come say hi and you'll hear from us in a, a week or so. We're going to break down world baseball classic roster In the meantime, subscribe to the Incline Dodgers podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, give us a five-star rating, follow us on our social media platforms, whatever your go-to is. And thanks for listening. Go Dodgers!